0: You're listening to Allied Health Podcast, talking all things Allied Health with your hosts, Danielle Whedon, physiotherapist, and Claire Jones, occupational therapist.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Tube Dietitian, an agile community tube feeding service that puts a person's goals at the centre of nutrition care. Tube Dietitian bridges the gap between hospital and home for tube fed patients by offering home visits and visit video consult reviews as often as patients need to reach their nutrition goals and feel confident with their feeding tube.
2: Lena Brake is a senior accredited practicing dietitian with a decade of Australian hospital experience in tube feeding. She's the founder and lead dietitian at Tube Dietitian. Lena has a particular passion for those for helping those with disability nourish their bodies well through their feeding tube. Thank you for joining us Lena. Thank you so much for having me. All the way from Singapore.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, Can you give us an overview of your background and how, when, why Tube Dietitian was founded? Yeah, absolutely. So as you've mentioned,
0: Danielle, I've been working in the Australian hospital system um, for 11 years, and I'm forever grateful for the experience that I got there and the amazing mentors I met met along the way. Um, My most recent position was as the lead of the home enteral nutrition service at Eastern Health, um, so the home tube feeding service. And then October 2019, which is pre-COVID, that's how we classify (laughs) life now, um, the NDIS actually released a statement to say they're now able to fund tube feeding formula and equipment and this was this is a huge thing because um, it, traditionally it's been that the hospitals will pay for formulas and equipments, um, and at, in each state in Australia, each hospital does pays for different things. So some hospitals will will charge a patient a gap fee, um, some will cover the full cost. So the fact that the NDIS is Australia wide and came and said we'll will pay for everything is is really promoting equity of care for people with disability. So it was great. Um, so the problem is, as a public hospital clinician, we were then asked to do NDIS advocacy letters, write up, you know, hefty quotes, regular reports, attend care team meetings, and it was, it's time consuming. We didn't understand what the NDIS was as clinicians in a hospital. Um, the paperwork was labour intensive, um, and we couldn't bill for our time. So in Victoria, majority of hospitals are still non-NDIS providers. So as clinicians, we couldn't bill for the time we were spending on on these people with feeding tubes in the community that needed disability um, NDIS plans. Um, so at the time I thought, okay, I'll hand over to the, my community colleagues a lot of my NDIS tube fed people um, and they can, you know, attend care team meetings and learn the NDIS back to front. But... As you guys probably know, um, tube feeding is very niche (laughs) Mm. and it's a very niche skill um, for dietitians. So I couldn't really find a community colleague that felt comfortable managing somebody with a feeding tube. And so that's when Tube Dietitian was born. I thought I'll open up a little private practice um, and pretty much it's a private home enteral nutrition service. So we're three dietitians. We have 23 years of combined experience in enteral feeding. We've all been working in public hospitals before. We're very comfortable with feeding tubes and enteral nutrition and the formulas around. Um, And the purpose of tube dietitian is to bridge that gap between hospital and home for people with feeding tubes that are not eligible for the hospital services, right? And that includes NDIS, TAC. Right, so Transport Accident mm. Commission, um, and I'm sure there's equivalent um, funding schemes in other states. Um, that's a Victorian one, um, DVA as well. So there's lots of different funding schemes um, where people may not be eligible for the public hospital service, um, and so now there's a private practice that can that can tailor to their needs, um, and
1: and we have experience in it, which is great. So Lena, can I just ask prior to prior to that? Um, to, to 2019, yeah. when people with disability became eligible, eligible for uh, NDIS funding I mean. for tube feeding, were they, were they being serviced by the hospital system?
0: Yeah, that's right. So right. majority, so yes, they were being serviced by different hospital systems. Um, so outpatient clinics. Um, there's home enteral nutrition services that operate out of public hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a lot of the listeners and yourselves know, people working in hospitals, hospitals are congested. They're saturated. Um, they should be kept for the real acute and real sick. And so, even as a clinician in the several hospitals I've worked in, we were often unable to attend to our outpatient clinics and the home tube fed people um, because we were so inundated with the ward work. So it is absolutely not uncommon for somebody with a feeding tube at home to be left one to two years without being seen Mm. purely because the hospitals are congested and our staff in hospitals are run down. Mm. And understandably, the stable home tube fed patients are often booted to the end of the priority list when you've got your sick surgical wards and your general medical wards and and your ICUs. Um, So that's what was happening before and it's still happening now. And so this is where the idea of tube dietitian came along, is that we can relieve the hospitals and provide that tailored home visit um, individualised care in the person's home um, and these people are often stable medically. So they've been discharged by the doctors in the hospitals. They've been handed over to the GPS. <laughs> um, so they're medically stable. Why keep bringing them back to hospital where they can catch different viruses?
1: <laughs> exactly. and and be visited in the home um in, in their in their own environment, um, great functional environment um and without having to you know visit hospitals and wait hours in outpatient Absolutely. clinics and yeah it all makes sense
2: doesn't it it does and also I like um I like the concept that you've you sort of out there is even taking the fear out of tube feeding you know somebody at home with a family member that is tube fed like that that's got to be challenging you know so to to be able to educate and inform families and carers and NDIS participants at home yeah. um does that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we do provide a service as well. So in in addition to nutrition consultations um, at home and video conferencing uh, consultation, sorry, we also offer nutrition presentations. So we've done about 50 plus nutrition training sessions to disability home carers, um, to community dietitian services. Um, I've actually also run a web webinar for um, a community speech pathology group who are just curious about tube feeding in the home and what it means for them as, as when they go to visit people at home. Um, so yes, absolutely. We need to take, we need to, I guess, demedicalize mm-hmm. tube feeding because food is a part of our every social interaction, right? Yeah, it's a absolutely. part of it's love. It's a love language, it's it's culture. And that applies to tube feeding as well when it's your nutrition and hydration for the rest of your life. Mm.
1: Um, and when you're looking at the NDIS and goal-centred therapy, it, it, it must, food must be a part of so many people's absolutely. goals. Absolutely. Mm. Health,
0: being, independence. Um, I had one client that honestly just called me up and said, I want to put mum's dinner down my tube, full stop. Yeah, and mom said, "I want to be able to cook my son, who's now has an acquired brain injury from a car accident. I want to be able to sit him at our dinner table and, and feed him, him what i what I've I've cooked." <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So how can we do that? Mm. I said, "Great. Let let's let's look into blended home tube feed formulas, which is very common practice in the UK, um, and the US, and Canada, and Australia. We're yet to adopt the concept of homemade formulas as something." Um, that is highly acceptable, but we're getting there very, very much so. Mm. Um, and absolutely, that that's that's an NDIS goal in itself for his well-being. Mm. Mum's dinner down my tube to nourish me once a day,
1: and and also it, it ties in also with you know busy households. Um, I remember back to having young children, and I m- my aim is was then and still is to make one meal, yeah, for the family,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and sit them all together and have that that social love, that expression of love through food. Yeah. Absolutely, and tube nutrition at home. I'm not talking about the hospital. The hospital is a different setting, but at home, that's what tube tube feeding should be a
1: part of the family meal.
0: Mm. That's what we can do. We go into the homes and we help that happen.
1: Mm. Um, So what types of clients do you service?
2: So
0: we service people with new feeding tubes right? So you've got people who are post-stroke, for example, they've been in hospital for two to three months, have had a bout of ICU and then gen med and then rehab. And now they're up to scratch. They're going home. They've got a PEG tube in their abdomen um, and they're medically stable. So perfect referral. Um, We would help them, you know, tailor their tube feeding regimen and formula to whatever the physio is doing at home. You know, if the physio tells me, I need hydrotherapy from 10 till 2, <laughs> so no feeding in that gap. We can tailor that and, and, you know, we just pick up the phone and you tell me what the regimen, what the physio's therapy is and we can adjust it accordingly. Um, people post major surgeries who are now medically stable, have left hospital, left the acute medical outpatient clinics, have been handed over to the GP. Brilliant. Hand over to us as well we can continue that care. Those with an existing feeding tube that have had one for life, so those who've had permanent disabilities such as cerebral palsy, motor neuron disease, and they've had existing feeding tubes since they were kids, we can take over their care as well, Um, relieve the hospitals from them, and we can take over their care and look after them in their home. Um, People on short-term feeding tubes. So I'm not sure how other private hospitals operate out of Victoria, but in Victoria, most private hospitals don't have home enteral nutrition services. Um, so there's just no funding to support these people. So often those on short term tube feeds, so they've had a feeding tube from their nose to their stomach and they're about to undergo six weeks of chemotherapy, right? And hopefully the chemotherapy will reduce the size of the tumor in the, th- in, in the esophagus and they'll be coming off the tube. That's the idea. Um, so those sorts of patients we've also looked after, um, especially when they've gone through the private hospital system because there's no private dietetic outpatient follow up for them. Mm-hmm. So normally the hospital dietitian would hand over to me. I tell her, give me the contact of the oncologist. And that's pretty much it. I stay email updates after each nutrition review with the oncologist. Um, so short term tube fed patients we see as well. Um, as I said, a lot of these patients at the moment are in the hospital systems, um, but if we decongest the hospitals, refer to us, um, we can provide that individualised home-based service, right, that helps then the hospitals focus on the acute and really unwell. um the other types of clients we've seen—I've actually had one from interstate. Um, she found me a young girl, um, really lovely young girl, um, and we've been doing video consults while she's interstate. So we do see interstate patients as well, um, who are comfortable, in particular, with the tech world. <laughs> um, so we do consults via Zoom, um, and yeah, that's that's so it's pretty much anybody with a feeding
2: tube. <laughs> Uh, and what about, what types of different consultations do you offer? I know you mentioned virtual, obviously virtual um, consultations, but yeah, what what type of consultations do you offer?
0: So we try to aim, so home visits are always, I try to do a home visit for the very first time that someone's been referred to me. Um, it's obviously really important, as with all other allied health therapists, for us to actually see the patient. Um, I do believe in all the research coming out about the efficiency of virtual consultations, but I still think from a dietitian perspective, um, we need, we often do malnutrition assessments and that involves looking at muscle stores. So things like fat, um, the biceps, triceps, clavicles, um, interosseous. So we have a look at all the muscle stores in order to assess somebody's nutritional status, Um, intake versus muscles mass. So that's really important. So we try our very first assessment to be a home visit um, and then another home visit sometime within the year. So two home visits a year at least. Um, And in between, we normally do either phone or video consults. I find a few patients actually prefer virtual only and they're like, "Eh, don't worry, I'll just you know, click my phone and call my call my phone, um, but I do often have to say no. I really need to see you because if your face is caving in, we need to do something about it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So, home visits for those in Victoria, um, to at least two a year, and telehealth consults or video consults between those home visits. Um, so yeah, and in terms of the nutrition presentations that I'd mentioned before, um, we cover all things tube feeding. So if you were, I guess, a group of community physios, right, or a group of community OTs that work in, that service several aged care facilities or disability homes that have heaps of people with feeding tubes, I'm sure you're wondering what's that pole behind them? What's in that formula? What do I need to be careful about when I'm moving around the feeding tube in the abdomen? Um, how can I help also keep this person well-nourished? So if you're, if you're asking these questions, we can help in the sense that I can run a session to a group of physios and sort of say, you know, these are the key questions to ask from your perspective to assess someone's nutrition, bowel habits, muscle mass, energy levels, what's the stoma site looking like around the feeding tube? And then you could just email through the dietitian and go, these are the things I've picked up, these are the issues I've picked up. So I'm really, so yes, we do nutrition consultations one-on-one, but I'm also wanting tube dietitian to bridge the knowledge gap, mm-hmm. right, about tube feeding. Because at the end of the day, speeches, OTs, physios, you guys are great and, and, and you're everywhere more than us. Oh, also support carers and allied health assistants. You guys, they spend the most time with patients, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, if we can... If, if tube dietitian can help everyone else grasp what tube feeding is and how can you as a bedside OT in an, in an aged care facility, how can you pick up on malnutrition signs, that's also a target I, we want to head through
1: tube dietitian. Mm-hmm. And I guess the benefit also of um, educating and working with a multidisciplinary team is that then um, the, the team is aware of, I guess, the limitations, um, some limitations that the you know the participant maybe m- may experience. Yes. Also, what they actually can do.
0: Yes. Um, yes. Yes, very true. So honestly, one of my best referrals was actually a support carer um, with an allied health assistant background. So she was working at an allied assistant at the hospitals and then left to be a support carer in the community. One of my best referrals, she literally just emailed and said, look, we've got a shared client and I've noticed that constipation is a real, mm. real big problem and he's frustrated, he's angry, it's affecting quality of life, his abdomen is distended every time I try to take him for a walk. It's, mm. it, can you do something? And I had never heard of this problem of constipation before. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh, it took her to tell me, and 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 that was brilliant, and that's what we want. We want that MDT team. You reminded me, Claire, because in hospitals we're so f- we're fortunate that everyone's at an arm's length away, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in the community, we're we're not together. And this is where knowledge is absolutely crucial. For me to understand that an OT can maximise wheelchair positioning for safe oral intake, Mm. right? For me to understand that this is how an allied health assistant operates in their day, this is sort of how they map out their day with somebody with a disability. All This is really important for me to know in the community. So as you said, Claire, I can help maximise what I think you know, the person's missing out
1: on. Mm. And and something like, you know, severe constipation, it, it, that's going to prevent someone getting up in the morning and going for a walk to the park, which yeah. the flow on effect of on, you know, mental health and, and physically and socially, it just keeps yeah. going and going, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the NDIS goals, as you mentioned, independence, health, well-being, all those buzzwords they use. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: nutrition is everyone's business. so, yeah. yeah. So Lena, what what are the take-home messages from two dietitians?
0: The take-home messages for me, for all your listeners, gosh, um, <laughs> I think the absolute key one is if you're seeing somebody with a feeding tube whether you're a physio and ot a speechy a carer an ndi's coordinator a community dietitian and you think something's not quite right in the sense of energy levels fatigue oozing around the tube bowel habits abdominal distension refer to us let us know we've got 23 years experience in enteral nutrition in hospitals so we know how to maximize somebody's central feeding regimen and formula in order to help them have a better, more independent life. Sometimes it might be, as, as I said, as simple as switching to homemade blended food for one meal a day to lift their spirits, mm-hmm. right? And, and we can do that and we can do that in their homes, right? Which is absolutely crucial. So the future of healthcare, <laughs> sustainable healthcare, um, and the future of our hospital staff well-being is to decongest the hospitals and leave the hospital walls, bring healthcare into people's homes. Right. And my second take-home message is if you're curious about tube feeding, even if you've only got one or two clients, believe me, there's a lot that you can pick and probe at to maximize that person's life. Um, so educate yourself, right? There's heaps of um, podcasts and webinars out there about tube feeding get in touch with me, right? I'm very happy to run a session, whether it can be 30 minutes, an hour, a quick, you know, case study on on a few NDIS clients or aged care facility clients that have feeding tubes and how you as dietitians and non-dietitians can maximise their life
2: through tube feeding. Yeah. And how can our Allied Health <laughs> listeners get in touch with you, Lena?
0: The website is
2: always really
0: easy, tubedietitian.com. Um, we've got a little general feedback form at the end of each page um, or email admin at tubedietitian.com. I'm on the other side of that inbox. I was telling my husband, should I change the, the, the email from admin? It sounds so boring. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, but I'm on the other side of that inbox. So um, I you will get a response personally from, from me within two days is is the promise. So if you've got any kinds of questions about tube feeding, um, sometimes I get emails from hospital dietitians, you know, um, saying, look, I've got this really complex tube fed pe- person in the community that I can't really attend to every month. Um, do you think you could take them on as a co-managing arrangement and um, and I've said yes. So there's one particular patient that I co-manage with a, with one of the tertiary hospitals where I see him at home, and then and then they review every um, three to six months for the more acute stuff. So things like that can also happen. Um, so please jump on our website, shoot
1: me an email, and you'll get a response in in two days. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Lena, for sharing your expertise and passion for tube feeding. Um. You've provided such a great insight into feeding in the community disability sector. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Allied Health Podcast. In the show's notes, you'll find links to our free recruitment resources, job opportunities and healthcare marketplace insights. To listen to new episodes, please subscribe via Apple, Google or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star rating and review, and be sure to tell your therapy colleagues and friends to tune in.